0: I didn't know I had to pay a fee when I sold my mutual fund. I was furious. I thought I had bought a no-load mutual fund. So writes Tanya, a self-described rookie investor. On today's podcast, we'll discuss Tanya's email and get the lowdown on one of the most popular terms in the mutual fund industry, no-load. Tanya's first leap into the market was far from reckless, but it still left her with a bitter taste in her mouth.
1: I feel so stupid. I bought my first investment about two years ago, a mutual fund, from a broker, Scott, a former boyfriend of my sister. As a broker, my sister gave Scott high praise.
0: Tanya wasn't comfortable choosing her own investments, but wanted to be comfortable with anyone that helped her make those decisions. Her sister's opinion meant a lot to her, but a loved one's word was not enough for Tanya.
1: I did a broker check on Scott, which came up clear, no record of being disciplined. This was the first time I was ever in a position to invest. I had paid off all my credit card bills and even created an emergency fund of three months' salary. The mutual fund money was money that I had saved. On top of that, no way am I handing that $5,000 over to someone with a checkered past.
0: Tanya met with Scott and trusted his judgment.
1: We didn't talk long. He asked me a few questions. I remember telling him that I needed a big-term investment. No arguments here that I'm a rookie investor. Scott recommended a mutual fund, one that is advertised a lot on TV.
0: Tanya was not familiar with the share class for the fund that Scott recommended.
1: I expected to pay a fee when I invested. He said he was going to put me in a class that didn't charge a fee up front. That meant all of my money would start working for me right away, he said. Sounded good to me, so I said, let's do it. What happened after that is a little fuzzy. I signed a lot of forms, and Scott told me a lot of stuff that I suppose lawyers understand.
0: At first, the investment did really well. Tanya even bragged about it to her friends a few times.
1: I would tell my friends, I know a great fund. You don't even have to pay a fee when you buy it. That's a no-load fund, said one friend. He said that he had bought a similar investment from his broker.
0: After a while, the fund's performance leveled off. For the most part, Tanya rarely thought about the investment. Then she needed the money quickly.
1: Dad got sick. His bills started piling up. I called Scott, and he told me that I would have to pay a 5% load if I sold my fund, because I had held it for less than two years. I didn't even know I had to pay a fee when I sold my mutual fund. I was furious. I thought I had bought a no-load mutual fund.
0: In the end, she sold the fund and paid the fee.
1: I needed the money. What else could I do?
0: There's an abrupt end to Tanya's email. What went wrong, she asks. Joining us today to discuss her email and answer that question is Susan, our expert on your money. Glad to be here. Let's start with the term no load. Tanya thought she owned a no load fund. Did Scott sell her one?
2: No. These funds don't charge any type of sales load. No-load funds don't charge either a front-end or a back-end
0: load. And Tanya paid a back-end load, a fee when she sold the fund.
2: Right. NASD has rules on this. If a fund's annual 12B1 fees exceed 0.25% of the fund's average annual net assets, it can't be called a no-load fund.
0: 12B1 fees?
2: Sorry, I'm a recovering lawyer.
0: Apparently, it's a long road back. Uh,
2: maybe so. 12B1 refers to an SEC rule. 12B1 fees are they're distribution fees. Is that better? Fees paid yes. to cover marketing and distributing the funds to investors. Both sales loads and 12B1 fees are charged by the fund, but most or all of the fees typically go to the broker who sells the fund.
0: I see. So that's how they get paid for the service they provide.
2: Right. And if you don't need help with your investments, you won't pay those extra fees, even though you'll still pay other fees. Self-directed investors can buy a no-load directly from a mutual fund company or a brokerage firm fund supermarket.
0: But Tanya did get help, so what did she buy?
2: Tanya likely owned a Class B share. They don't charge an upfront fee, but they do charge a sales fee when you
0: sell. Even if you hold it for the big term?
2: Yeah, right. A, a Class B shares back end fee typically declines over time, and it eventually goes to zero. So long term investors may not actually even pay the fee.
0: Tanya said she expected to pay an upfront fee.
2: Yes, she was probably familiar with Class A shares. They typically charge a front end sales fee or
0: load. But but nothing when you sell.
2: Right. Class A shares also charge 12B1 fees, but they're typically lower than B and C shares. Because of the lower 12B1 fees, which are only a portion of that fund's annual expenses, Class A shares typically have lower annual expenses than B and C shares.
0: C shares?
2: Oh, Class C. It's sometimes called the level load. They have higher 12B1 fees and overall expenses than Class A shares, but typically they don't have a front-end load. Some impose back-end loads, but those fees are usually smaller in amount than B shares. Of course, there are other differences among the classes, and keep in mind that the differences only relate to how much the investor pays in fees and how the broker will be paid for selling the fund. It's, it's the same
0: fund. Okay. Now that we know a little more about share classes, did Scott put Tanya in the right one?
2: Well, we really don't have enough information to know that, but it can be a concern because brokers can receive a higher commission for selling a Class B share than other classes. So investors like Tanya should make sure that when they're buying a Class B share that it's really in their best interest, not just in their broker's best interest. Tanya should file a complaint with the NASD and SEC if she thinks Scott acted improperly.
0: Is that difficult?
2: Filing a complaint? No. She can just go online to sec.gov and nasd.com and file it. Tanya went to the NASD site to do the broker check. Both sites
0: can be great resources for investors. Anything else you want to add before we finish up?
2: Yes. Kudos to Tanya. She is doing a lot of great things. She's saving. She's paying off her debt. She's using broker check to get the scoop on Scott. That is impressive.
0: That's not rookie material.
2: No, not at all. And sure, she could have done a little bit more to protect herself, like reading a fund's prospectus or or asking more questions about her investment. But she'll do that in the future. She should not let this experience discourage her.
0: I agree. When she's ready, jump back on that horse. Thanks for joining us. Your Money is brought to you by the U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission. Write us at podcast at sec.gov.